we still have a couple of weeks to go until Holy Week. But it's in the middle of Holy Week, the middle of the week between Palm Sunday and Easter that this occurs. Possibly even on the Wednesday. This reading in the middle of the week is in itself a bit of a sandwich. There's a bit of a dry top and bottom layer concerning the priest's desire to do away with Jesus, to have him arrested, to have him killed. But then there's that tasty filling in the middle, isn't there? The woman anointing her Lord with perfume. The anointing oil is expensive. Could be sold for maybe over a year's wages, the people speculate. And yet the jar is broken open so that the ointment cannot be returned to its container. And it's allowed to flow over Jesus' head. Which suggests it's not a small amount. A tiny drop or two of oil wouldn't flow, really. There's a quantity there. I think we'd be hard pushed to find something so costly, so expensive. I looked up the, um, the Harrods website to find out how much perfume costs, you know, at that end of the marketplace. And the most expensive bottle, most expensive single bottle, as opposed to a gift set, was Bond Number no. 9, Scent of Peace. In a crystal-encrusted bottle. And it costs £7,800. So uh, you know what to be asking for your birthdays, uh, uh, don't you? That's maybe about half a year's earnings on the national living wage. If you're doing 40 hours a week for 52 weeks of the year. You know, half a year's earnings. So the fragrance is costly if it's a year's earnings. Think of that. And yet, that's what this woman brings as worship to the Messiah. And of course, that name, that title, Messiah or Christ, depending on which language you're using, means anointed one. Anointed. Set apart. That's who Christ is. Jesus our Saviour. Set apart. And given to us. A 
and Jesus was not upset at what happened. Instead, he tells the others who are rebuking the woman to be quiet, to respect her, to think of what that worship is that she is giving at that time. We could do work for the poor with this, they exclaimed. But how rich should worship be? How do we decide what is right to spend on worship and what should serve the Lord in other ways? And not just in money, but in our time, in our efforts, in the things of our life. The day before this anointing happened, the Lord saw a different bit of worship. A different act of worship that he recognised to be good. He saw a widow give two lepta, tiny copper coins, and he declared that that was true worship. And so we've got a bit of a comparison, haven't we? Two tiny copper coins and the perfume that's a whole year's wages. And yet both these things are true worship. It's not a minimum or maximum financial limit that we can put on what worship is. All we have comes from God. What he requires is not so much riches, but our heart to do the right thing. For us to respond in the right way at the right time. The oil poured out serves a dual purpose. It's worship of Jesus. It honours him. But it also prepares his body for what lies ahead. Jesus is, for the time being, still alive. But in just a couple of days, he would be on the cross. He would die like a criminal and be buried quickly because of the approach of sunset marking the Sabbath. It's not until the Easter morning that women go to anoint him, taking spices, and in that process discover that he is risen. The story of this worship by the women falls in the middle of other acts. Priests, people whose role it is to bring worship and to honour God, plotting and doing the wrong thing. Judas, 
a friend. Turning away and seeking to betray in return for money. The plan is to get him before the festival. The council fear losing control if he speaks to too big a crowd. They fear what will happen if he turns the people of the city against the authorities. And they also fear that he will leave Jerusalem at the end of the festival and become too difficult to capture. For time and time again we've seen in the Gospels that they go to arrest him and he slips away. But of course he slipped away because it wasn't the time. And now it is. Now is the time that Judas betrays. And now is the time that crowds will go from shouting his praise to shouting crucify. Do we always bring worship? Or do we at times turn away? Unfortunately, due to our human condition, it's sometimes the latter. Jesus knew he was being betrayed. He knew that Judas was arranging the capture. Yet he also knew that through his dying, we can receive eternal life. And so... What we see happen as the Thursday night comes in the Garden of Gethsemane, he accepts his Father's will, not slipping away this time. We are fortunate that when we struggle with God's call, It does not take us to the path of pain on the cross and death. But when we follow the Lord, however challenging it may be, we will know the life that is gained through that cross. And we will have a fullness in the worship in our heart and the life eternal. Amen.